new era of independent music celebration. Indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. That's right. That's exactly what it is. It's indecent exposure from the Greylock Glass. Greylockglass.com. Today is Friday, June 12th, 2015. I am your host, Jason Velasquez, known in an alternate universe as The Mongrel. Welcome to this second episode of Indecent Exposure. We have... Well, before we get into that, let me just point out that uh, the title of this show in no way mentions music. And first I thought that was an oversight, but then somebody pointed out to me, you know, there are other independent things. There's indie film. There's indie literature. There's indie all kinds of stuff. So it is quite conceivable. No, no, actually it's probable that there's going to be some other indie stuff going on here. Um, I know of one indie author that is going to be on this show. No, two indie authors that are going to be on this show. And when I can get them on. And an indie filmmaker who is a friend of mine who has a documentary that may be showing in Williamstown later this summer or maybe in the early fall. Um, I'm hoping that that works out because it's a, it's a great, powerful film and, uh, and it would be nice to see it here in the area. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. I won't say any more than that for now because it's up in the air, but we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, we have plenty of indie music to, to wade through. We have truckloads, uh, we have boatloads, we have fistfuls, um, more mu- music than you can s- shake a, a fist at. We have cliches full of, of independent music. And I'm not even done. And we're going to start now, though. We're going to start our show um, with Molly Pinto Madigan. Now, Molly is um, is quite a story because she began her musical career when she was about 14. And this is, this is a little over a decade ago. And she played with a group known as Jaded Mandolin. And they, I had the good fortune of hearing their music uh, long ago, and I fell in love with the sound. And I can tell you that her voice, although the band is has disbanded, her voice has only gotten better in time. And although I was wondering whether I should um, play this song, because it does go back quite a ways, um, I decided to play Old Virginia, and it cuts in during the interview, and I decided to play it so that you can hear the before and after contrast the comparison. And I think it's really worth hearing because um, you'll see that it was pretty easy uh, to spot the talent back then. And it's nice to know that I was spot on uh, back then because when you hear her music of today uh, from her CD that was just released a couple months ago, uh, you're going to discover that it is it is uh, captivating, mesmerizing even. So let's go to that interview with Molly Pinto Madigan here on Indecent Exposure. Molly Pinto Madigan, it is such a pleasure and a delight to have you here on Indecent Exposure at the Greylock Glass. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, as um, as you know from my email, um, once upon a time, I had a show back, I'm not even going to say how many years ago, it was a while ago, 
uh, back when you were in Jaded Mandolin. And uh, this show is called The Mongols Howl, and I was uh, I was really happy with what I heard uh, of you and your bandmates back then. And when I started up this podcast, I said, you know, I wonder how many of the artists that I featured back then on The Mongols Howl are still out there. And I was pleasantly surprised to find quite a few were, and, and among those were you. So why don't you give us just a little brief history of where you started out? Sure. I was homeschooled, and so a lot of my friends were homeschooled as well. And we decided to form this bluegrass band when I was about, well, it had been like a another band before, but in its in Jada Mandolin's like concrete form, I was about 14. And we performed together. We, you know, we, we recorded a CD and everything. And then when I was like about 17, the, everyone started going to college and the fiddle player went to Wesleyan and the bass player went up to Canada for college. So it just kind of disintegrated after that. Oh, must I go? Sad, broken hearted. 
But you, you went you went fun. to school too, though, right? I did. I went to Salem State. I ended up studying music there, but it wasn't. I didn't do a lot of performing. I studied classical piano, and I didn't really think I wanted to perform. I I was also studying with an ethnomusicologist, and I was like, oh, maybe I want to do that. But I, like, during my senior year, I realized that I really was interested in the creative aspect of music and wanted to pursue my own writing, songwriting, and performing. And I recorded a CD for my senior project and started getting back into it. Yeah. Wow. So a note to parents out there who might be listening if you homeschool your children, there's a better chance that they won't be addicted to Justin Bieber, right? That's they might they might find bluegrass and, and other forms of folk music. Um, so you were you were playing out in clubs back then, in in Jaded Mandolin. Yeah, we uh, we had our CD release at Club Pass Team uh, in Cambridge, which is a really cool place where I've performed since then solo. I had my own CD release there. Um, we were playing all over. It was fun. Now, what was that like as as a teen? Now, you were playing in places, I'm guessing, were they all-ages all venues, or were there some places that you had to have like supervision? Uh, some some where we had to have supervision. There were a few where I couldn't get in because I, I was younger than a couple of them. And so I remember there was one show where we were playing with someone else, and I... Couldn't, I couldn't get in, which was annoying. But <laughs> that happened to my that happened to my band too. It was annoying and a little embarrassing, frankly. Yeah. To like a seventeen, eighteen year old. What do you mean I can't play here? I know. And my mom was with me. She's like, I'm with her, and they're like, Nope, no. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a kind of a weird reality, but uh, it's it's American. Um, so you were playing. What did you take away from your experience? back then, both performing and playing with other you know, musicians and writing that um, that have has been helpful to you uh, since then? Um, well, for one thing, I just got really used to being on the stage and being in front of a crowd. And um, I kind of went through a lot of learning about being a performer. When I, when I first started out, I was kind of... I was nervous, but I also... Uh, went through a phase where I would only wear pajamas on stage and uh, went through a phase where I felt like I didn't want to emote at all. I was like, no, I'm just going to sing. I don't care if people watch me. And I kind of got all that out of my system and now I feel like I'm, I've hit my stride. I, I know who I am as a performer and I'm more comfortable being on stage and being myself. Well, it's a funny thing uh, to say that you're something of a veteran at the game now. When you're only, what, 24, 25, right? 25, 25, yeah. but you've been at this business for a little bit. And and that's one of the things that I think makes you such a fascinating uh, figure here because you have, you've gone through this uh, process in a really turbulent time in, in the music world. A lot mm -hmm. of changes have been happening and you were there to witness some of the first changes and take advantage of some of, say, the new technology that has made it possible for musicians to put their music out there uh, for many more people to find. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's it can be kind of daunting. I mean, there's so there's such a vastness of of places where you can put your music, and how do you reach people that with when you live in an oversaturated world where there's 
music and everything coming at you constantly it's it's hard to to kind of be heard but i'm trying to trying to evolve as an as a musician and learn some of the tricks and keep learning as i go yes i think you should have kittens in all of your music videos i think so you know everyone i i posted like a kitten video on my facebook page that usually doesn't get a lot of um a lot of likes and not a lot of people comment on it and everyone was like commenting on the kitten video and, and sharing it like, with their friends and I was like, this is what I need. <laughs> kittens. Kittens and, and stupid men doing stupid things and getting hurt. People love those yeah, two. That's it. Especially if you do both at the same time. If you yeah, them. if you can get a, a stupid man being hurt by an adorable kitten. Yeah, that, I think you're on to something. Well, it is true. I mean, we're joking here, but there's so much content and some of it is great. Actually no, I should I shouldn't say that. There's lots of great content out there, whether it's video or text. I mean, I could spend the rest of my life on Medium just reading some really high-quality articles about different things, and I'd never leave my chair. Um, so you have to draw the line, and you have to be discriminating, and that means that you have to rely on whoever it is. In this case, your case, you're a musician. Mm -hmm. The audience has to rely on you having the savvy to find a way to cut through the clutter and to be accessible. Now, you are you're everywhere. I see that you are on, um, well, you're on YouTube, obviously. You're on Facebook. You have a Twitter account. You have mm -hmm. a, do you have SoundCloud? I do. SoundCloud um, and a bunch of other places. Where else? I found you. On like Spotify and different. Yes. Um, Spotify. Noise Trade. Noise Trade. There's like um, nowhere the Indiegogo because you had a, a financing a drive on, on Indiegogo. Right. I'm on the 61, which is another streaming site. And um, iTunes. Yeah. So you're pretty much everywhere. If if you can't find Molly Pintomatigan, you, you're not looking very hard. <laughs> um, but even still, um, I think that it's it's a funny thing. A lot of people had predicted the death of podcasting. Um, some years ago, which, you know, I laughed at then and I'm laughing harder now because there are some three times as many podcasts now as there were three years ago. And yeah. a recent report, uh, whose source I can't remember just, uh, announced that almost 30% of all audio that people listen to voluntarily, you know, like they, they choose it uh -huh. is, is podcasting. No way. Wow, that's incredible. That's a no. really high number. It's now some of it I should say that some of it is um say public radio shows that people didn't get to hear because they were working, so they listened to it as a podcast. Right. But you know, still, still you know, it's it's it is a digital uh it's a, the digital revolution is still happening. You know, whether mm -hmm. we got we think we got used to it and we're all grown up and mature about it, um, I think that it's still happening and I think that it is the way uh, for a lot of independent artists still uh, to get cluttered because when people hear it on a show, such as this one, uh, they can say, all right, well, I didn't have to do that research myself, but I love this. So that's what we're hoping right. for. Um, yeah. Now tell me something. Do you do all of the, all of the, the promotional work yourself or do you have people helping you or, or how do you get that done? No, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. Um, some, I, I get it done. I just try to do it. It's, um, 
it can be a little overwhelming at times because there's always more you can be doing. And I'm not one who really wants to be spending all my time on the computer because I have a lot of other interests. And I'm, I write um, not only music, but I write novels as well. And But you just kind of have to... I think it's really important as a musician to be... I mean, a musician in this day and age to be to familiarize yourself with all the aspects of the business um not just i mean every musician probably just wants to be able to sit and write songs and play their music but there's a lot more that goes on and it's important to to kind of learn about that and do it yeah you're at the vanguard of a of a savvier generation of musicians i think and uh, and that's probably high time because um i know that and, I, and I've, we've talked about this before with, I've talked about this before with other musicians who uh, note that sometime in the eighties, late eighties and nineties, it was just a sort of a dark time for aspiring musicians. It was mm-hmm. so hard to get your music out there uh, mm-hmm. and, and be heard. And then the internet happened and it was just in time for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, now, Let's uh let's talk about your your writing um on your old website which we're not going to give the name to because we'll only give the you know to the new website but on your old website you say that um you write novels uh, thinly veiled novels about yourself what do you mean by that Uh so I have a trilogy of novels with and the main character is is yeah, I mean I feel like with a lot of, at least with my writing, I'm not going to speak for all novelists, but a lot of the characters have at least some aspect of yourself in them. Um, but this main character is, is similar to me. She She's a musician, and she goes to Salem State, and she lives in, in the North Shore area, and so that's, she is kind of like a version of me. Um, but... Do you want me to talk about the series? I mean, the I, I do. I want to hear. I want to hear about this. Sure. Uh, so it's not published yet. I do have an agent, and we're trying to find a home for it. Um, so it's based on the traditional Scottish ballad of Tamlin, which is a ballad that I, I'm a huge fan of, and I'm actually writing a concept album all based on Tamlin. I'm almost done with that and the writing part, but uh, the ballad itself. Uh, is kind of, let me think about how to describe this. So the ballad deals with, it takes place around Halloween and there's, um, some fairy elements, but it's like a really old Scottish ballad that's dark and beautiful and romantic. And so I translated that to modern day Salem during Halloween and it's like a modern folk rock, urban fantasy kind of thing and i wrote three novels for that and i'm working on my fourth novel which is a standalone hmm. so. now let me ask you this while you're writing the um the music based on uh, the, the the album concept album based on this ballad mm-hmm. are you thinking that when they turn your trilogy into a movie trilogy <laughs> you've already got the score written or, come on you've got to be thinking that there we go yeah sure <laughs> Yeah, no. Sounds good. <laughs> now, you um, this is a Scottish ballad. Do you have ancestral roots in this music? Um, I have ancestral roots in Irish music, but 
goddess is kind of something I've always been interested in, too. Um, I've, I kind of have a background not only in bluegrass, but in Celtic music. So my, my grandmother was from Belfast. Okay. So, yeah. So the, uh, the, the, the general folk tradition is, is in your blood, then. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that, um, I think that with, with traditional folk music, um, there is a lot that gets borrowed mm-hmm. and, and sort of, you know, transmogrified. And sometimes we hear it in, in the strangest of places, but uh, it's awfully nice to hear your, um, fairly authentic kind of, you know, sort of, um, I don't know what the word is. It's updated so that it has a, a contemporary, you know, aesthetic, but it's uh, it's got some real classical um, elements. You had released a CD before this one, or is this the first full CD? Uh, I have. I released. You talking about Wildwood Bride? Yeah, uh, yeah. Is Wildwood Bride the first one you've released as a solo so project? That's my newest one. Okay. And I released uh, one before that. It's called Outshine the Dusk, and that one is is kind of like. I was a little rushed with it because I was trying to get it done for my senior project and I was just starting out back as a performer. So it's, I hadn't been doing a ton of writing. So it's a lot of older songs and I was just trying to find my voice again as a performer. And it has, it's just me performing on the CD. So it's me and guitar and then it's every other song is me and piano. Yeah. Now, Wildwood Bride, tell us about this amazing, this amazing collection of songs. And 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 I should say, um, everyone who has heard your 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 voice on uh, on the, the the podcast has said, "Wow, who is that?" She's got an angelic voice. And then I go and le- read a review, and you're described as having an angelic voice. Um, so I guess that's something you probably hear a lot. Thank you. Well- Always nice to hear. <laughs> what is the um? What ties that that album together? Uh, those songs were all written closer together, except for "Bloom" is the oldest, and "Bloom" is actually one that appears on "Outshine the Dusk" too. That's the newest one on that CD, and it's the oldest one on this new CD. Um, and I was, I think for yeah, for all the songs, I've been since um, not this past October, but the October before. I've been keeping a schedule of at least one song each month, writing-wise. Um, so those all came out of that. There were uh, I was just kind of exploring and trying to find my voice again and um, seeing what I had to say as a songwriter. And, you know, I like how you talk about, um, you were saying to me earlier that you feel like there's a real folk kind of classical classical folk influence there. And I that just comes out naturally because that's what my background's in. And I wasn't thinking like, oh, I want to write something that's kind of like a child ballad or reminiscent of something like that. But it just, it's part of my voice as a songwriter and who I am. So, well, yeah, it, it it does come out. I mean, it's it's pretty, it's it's a pretty, pretty original sounding thing. Um, I noticed that you've got, in addition to your your breakneck songwriting 
uh, schedule, which sounds pretty aggressive to me. Um, if I could come out with something creative once a month, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with myself. Um, but you've also got a really full calendar, a performance calendar this summer. What have you had to do to, to line up all those dates? I mean, are you also your own booking agent? I am. Um, I'm my own booking agent and which is also can be a little overwhelming sometimes, but. I have my mom to help me. We go and sit and get coffee, and she and we look at gigs that I should send stuff to. And um, luckily, I've been performing enough now that some of it kind of books itself. People will contact me, or I'll have gigs where I've played there before, and they'll want to book me again, stuff like that. So that's that's helpful that I don't have to reach out to every single every single venue that I have you know, that I want to book, but it, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's fun. It's another aspect of the music business that I want to learn about and, you know, networking is important and yeah. Now, do you play, when you play, um, are you playing solo or do you have any, any backup when you're playing this summer? All solo. Yep. All solo. Now, do you, do you just play guitar or do you bring a keyboard on stage as well? Um, Mostly I just play guitar. Okay. For something like the concert window concert, I'm going to be doing a, an online concert um, next week. And for something like that where it's in my own house and I'm broadcasting from from there, I can I have a piano, so I'll just probably play a couple of songs on that. But um, for the most part, I just do guitar. And there are things like weddings. I, I'm playing at a wedding um next weekend and they wanted piano so i was like ah, i gotta practice <laughs> but occasionally i do play piano now have you thought about doing any any studio work you know hiring your voice out as a, as a sort of mercenary uh, you know singer i haven't really um i don't yeah i i've never really thought about myself that way too much i'm not like a classically trained singer i i've never really taken voice lessons um, so I'm not like the most versatile of singers, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> but that would be something to consider. Huh. Well, tell us a little bit about this uh, before we leave this subject too far, because this is one of the things I was really interested in. This online concert window show, uh, uh-huh. I am, I'm only recently aware that these things exist. Can you tell us about what they are and, and why you chose to do this? Sure. Well, actually... I didn't really, I wasn't too aware of them either. I know I've played shows at Club Passim a lot, and they always have their shows broadcast on Concert Window. So I knew the name, um, and someone from Concert Window contacted me and wanted to book some, like wanted me to book something, and I was really a little leery at first because I was like, oh, it's going to be too complicated. What if my computer dies and explodes and I don't know how to do it? But was really user friendly and um I did one a couple uh, maybe what was it a month or two ago and it was really pretty easy and it, uh, there were people watching so I'll explain what you do it's just with my laptop I'll hook it up and I'll I'm in my own house and anyone can tune in with their computer and or phone and pay what they want and like you can pay a dollar and listen to the concert all the way through and 
there are, you can tip if you want, but you don't have to. So there are perks, like if you tip this much money, you can get a CD, and it's pretty cool. There are people listening from, like, Montreal and Nashville and, like, all different places. I was like, oh, this is cool. You get to reach uh, um, people that you wouldn't be able to come up and see your shows. So it's pretty neat. Now, did you do they do any any promotional support? Con- the concert window people. The first one I did was part of um, like a they were doing a, like a week of uh, it was called like Boston Takeover, so they promoted a little bit because I was part of that series. Um, this one is just kind of me. It's they send out mailing. Yeah, they send out emails. I think daily or every couple of days and they'll have like highlights, but I don't think mine's going to be on that. So it's just kind of me trying to promote it. Yeah. Mm. Now, how many people showed up last time around? I think it was 26. Nice. And it wasn't like all at once. People can, you can come in and out and watch for a couple of minutes and then, but the total number of people was 26. Well, now you've got quite a, a following on this in the social world. So I suppose if you blast it out there, uh, now that you've done it once, who knows? Maybe it'll be a, maybe you'll never have to leave your home again. Yeah, that would be great. You know, just to go back to my days of performing in my pajamas and it'll be great. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not exactly in my pajamas, but I'm not really, uh, dressed for business either so i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna criticize you for wanting to play in your pajamas <laughs> at all and when i do freelance work i'm often in you know ratty sweatpants and, and socks um and that's that's kind of a weird thing the 21st century isn't it that we can do so much right here at home yeah so um Crazy. you've got uh you've got a lot of farmers markets as well and mm-hmm. to me, that is an intersection of, of two of my favorite things, um, agriculture and, and music, because I think they go together really, really well. Yeah. You know, once upon a time, you'd be finished with the chores, uh, you know, the cows would be milked after dinner. Somebody would break out a fiddle. Somebody else would break out a, you know, a, uh, I don't know, a, a f- who knows what mandolin, mm-hmm. something like that. And, um, yeah. and people would play. That is less common today but i think it's interesting that the farmers markets have attracted um a lot of music just in the last five ten years it has become you know de rigueur that there's going to be music and it's usually folk at farmers markets yeah yeah it's, it's pretty cool um i play a lot of farmers markets and it's nice it's nice to put like in the summer it's like yeah market season starting um i'm vegan so i eat a lot of vegetables so i i'm really happy to go to the farmer's market. And um, so it's it's pretty cool. It's fun to go, even if you're not performing and hear other people, you can sit with, uh, like, buy a peach and sit and listen to some great music. It's cool. Yeah. And I know that a lot of farmer's markets have taken advantage of small grants from their local cultural councils to mm-hmm. pay for, you know, entertainment at markets, which yeah. is kind of nice because that way the musicians can pass around the hat, but if nobody kicks in, that's okay. I mean, they, they're, not, right. they're not playing for complete free. Um, so I think that's a, that's a great model, and I think it's a built-in audience. And mm-hmm. uh, it also 
it it generates a new reason for people to go out on Saturday morning or whenever. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, tell us uh, tell us about Wildwood Bride, uh, and and then uh, I know you've got to go. You've got a busy morning, uh, and you're gonna go see a movie. What movie are you gonna go see? By the way, my dad has been like hounding me to go see Mad Max, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Is it, too, is it really violent? But I like Tom Hardy, so I'll go. <laughs> I have a feeling it's probably really violent. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. I'll, I'll probably be watching it with like my eyes closed the whole time, but yeah. it'll but be okay. It's kind of a girl power movie, from what I understand too. Really? Yeah, I, I heard that That's there's cool. one figure, and she's uh she's this butt kicking um, warrior chick, um, which you see a lot more of these days in in film. Um, yeah, that's cool. You know, I suppose it's equal opportunity bloodshed, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so Wildwood Bride. Um, you can get it, uh, through your website. Yes. There's a, there's a, um, media link. Where else can they get it? They can get it through CD baby, iTunes, CD baby, baby, Amazon, Amazon. You can get it. My band, band camp page, um, which you can also buy. I have the vinyl copies of those vinyl. Yeah. So you can buy that on Bandcamp. You are such a throwback. You don't even belong in this decade. <laughs> Molly, you belong back in the in the forties or something. I know. <sighs> yeah. Um I wanna I wanna praise you for one other thing too. You put your lyrics on your site. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. The number of peop the number of people who don't, I just don't get it. I know. I, I'm a big person on lyrics. you know, I love lyrics. I want to read them and i was too cheap to put them in to like print a booklet with the cd i don't have that kind of money so i was like i'll put them on my website and i still have to put up the lyrics for the first cd people have asked for those but i will get to that okay but, well we've got you on tape we've got you on audio that's, oh, no. a, that's a promise <laughs> well i will say that um People have heard a couple of your songs on uh, the other two podcasts at the Greylock Glass, and I think I'm going to play "On the Hunt." Oh, cool! And um, which is which is stuck in my head this week, so that's what we're going to oh, play. Nice. And um, I don't know, we'll play something else. I'm not sure what it'll be yet, uh, but we're going to cool. link to your website. We're going to link to. Um, we may even embed a video because uh, you can do that these days. You can embed a video in the page so people can check that out. Uh-huh. And um, and we will post a couple of a couple of uh, shows in the show notes that you've got coming up. But I do want to say, um, you have to now that you've been on the show, you have to do a Berkshire's show now. I know. I want. Okay, I'll you put. Know, you, I have like a list of all the places I want to go, but the Berkshires isn't. That's not far. I'd love to head out that way. It is not far. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I love the North Shore. I used to live in Salisbury. Um, mm-hmm. and so that whole strip of coastline between there and Boston was, was a great, great touring ground. But, um, the Berkshires, I think, I think you would get a huge reception out here. Really? So, oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of folk out here, a lot of folk enthusiasts out here. So I think you'd get a, a huge reception. Do you have any venues that you can suggest? I'll, I'll I do. Them up. I do. Actually, I'll send the, I'll send you some suggestions privately. Thank you. All righty. Well, Molly, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. And, um, and I want to encourage everybody to check out, 
um, this, this online show. We'll put a link to that because let's face it, you can, you can pay a buck or you can pay 20 bucks. Uh, whatever you can afford, I'm sure, uh, is appreciated. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you see her play live, and you pick up a copy of her latest CD, Wildwood Bride. I should just mention that I recorded Wildwood Bride at Dirt Floor, which is this really cool um, recording studio down in Connecticut. Say it again. Dirt Floor. Okay, Dirt Floor. Eric Glichter is the one. He plays on a a lot of the songs, and he's he's great. And it has... It's like a little recording studio in the middle of the woods, and it's in like a little cabin, and if anyone is looking to record somewhere, you should check that out. It's really amazing. Well, send me a link to that, and we'll put a link to that as well. Definitely. Dirt Floor Studios. Love it. Yes. All right. Well, Molly Pinto Madigan, it's been a pleasure, and we will hopefully see you out, out this way soon. Definitely. I'd love to play out that way, but thank you so much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a great summer. Bye-bye. You too. And those are exactly the sorts of insights that you're only going to find here on Indecent Exposure at the Greylock Glass. Uh, Insights, backstory, sweet reminisce from the likes of Molly Pinto Madigan, a songstress from the North Shore. We love the North Shore. Um... We have another song to play for you, this time direct from her latest release, 2015 release, Wildwood Bride. Now, I should say that we have played, I think, maybe two or three songs from that release on either Will Call or The Top Left Corner, both podcasts here at The Greylock Glass, and what you should do is you can either hunt around for those. Uh, they're not hard to find. You can even just search the site in the search box. Just type Molly Pinto Madigan, and all three episodes will will come up. Um, or just Molly. No. Actually, no. It's got to be at least Molly Pinto, because we've interviewed one other Molly. So what are the chances of that? We've been in business for, what, four months? Not even? And we've had two Mollies on? That can't continue. Um, <clears throat> but no, the, uh, the other option, of course is to listen to the song, uh, become enraptured with it, and then just click the link uh, on the album art to take you directly to a purchase point where you can pick up a copy of Wildwood Bride for your very own, which is what you should do. Um, This is a hardworking gal supporter. And then um, you can listen to all of these songs over and over and over and over again. So now let's go to Wildwood Bride, and we'll play... On the Hunt by Molly Pinto Madigan. When tough the tales of day, dwindle the smoking sights. When fire flickers on your skin. Summer skies 
Molly Madigan's 2015 release, Wildwood Bride. You can pick up a copy of that by clicking on the album artwork in the show notes at greylockglass.com, Indecent Exposure. Uh, so if you're listening to this, say you subscribe via iTunes or Stitcher, then you are not looking at the show notes, but I assure, I assure you there are show notes for this show and you will be able to find notes uh, that tell you where to go and what to do and, and what you're going to get uh, when you, when you click on these things. And one of those things is the, the link to Wildwood Bride and you can pick up a copy of that for your very own. There are other great things in the show notes um, because while this song uh, on the hunt was playing, I found I found a link to the Jaded Mandolin album that uh, Molly discussed early on in the interview uh, from back, well, from a ways back. Now, interestingly, I see that 
Old Virginia is not on that CD or that download. So I'm not sure where I got it, but I've had it kicking around for 11 years now, and it sounds just as good as it did back then. Um, but you can pick up um, other, you know, that 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 album, which was called, what was that called? I think it was just the self-titled al- uh, titled album, Jaded Mandolin. Yeah. And there were some other great tunes on that that I listened to. There was a Darlin' Corey, uh, Cluck Old Hen, and a couple other ones that I, I remember loving back then. Now, there is, as she mentioned, a concert coming up. And it's called an, a, um, a Concert Window concert. And there's a link in the show notes to that show. Now, I have never seen uh, one of these Concert Window shows, but I guess that if Club Passim is doing them every single show, they're probably worth checking out. Um, and you can check out Molly Pinto Madigan live uh, streaming Tuesday, June 16th at 8.30 p.m. And that's Eastern Standard Time. And uh, I see also, and you can find the link to that in the show notes, I see also that you can you can tip five bucks when you get there. Actually, you can tip anytime for that matter and get a download of three singles from Wildwood Bride, which I think is a pretty cool deal. So even if you can't uh, reserve some time to watch that show live, you can still get some swag uh, out of the deal. Uh, but definitely check out that link. And um, if you love that show, um, do leave a comment in our comments uh, box or send an email because I'd love to know what you think of that. Um because it's a pretty new way for artists to to put their, their talents out there for all to see and enjoy. But wait, there's more. I also see that there is a video for On The Hunt, uh, which I will embed. I guess it's on YouTube. I'll embed that in the show notes. And it's just a gorgeous uh, video uh, shot during the winter. And uh, this long winter, I'm guessing. And it's worth checking out if you're not looking at the 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 website right now uh, and you're listening via iTunes uh, make sure you you spend a minute and go check out the show notes to uh, to view that video because it's absolutely stunning so that is that is our uh, coverage of Molly Pinto Madigan and uh, hopefully she will find her way to the Berkshires soon perhaps those who may be among us for the first time may be wondering what is going to happen now What you're going to hear about is nothing short of a miracle. It's dramatically new, made possible only through years of research, invention, and innovation. Living stereo. I'm therefore going to ask anyone here who is not in tune with us to submit to a very simple process of control. And now we come to a feature of the show that I think we're going to call... Controlled Exposure. And this is where we play a tune for you that we didn't tell you about. You had no warning. Uh, This is an experiment. You are a guinea pig, a test subject, but a willing victim since you've made it this far. And we came across, and when I say we, I mean the entire staff of one here, at Indecent Exposure, I came across on SoundCloud a Berkshire band known as Subterranean Cosmic Hole. Now, 
I told them, I, I explained in, in very, very succinct yet firm terms, that I would provide a link to their, to where people can buy their CD. And they said, as of yet, they have nothing to sell. But go ahead and play their music. And I thought that was very refreshing. Um, so I don't know if they're working on putting together a full, you know, uh, full length uh, CD. Uh, I see that there are four tunes. There are uh, two improvisations and two jams uh, on the site, which are, they're all great. Um, and I'm going to play for you a, a jam called Proud Monkey. And I'll provide a link to their SoundCloud page. So if you if you want to hear the rest of these tunes, uh, you, you certainly can. And you can just listen to them right then and there. And hopefully we will get uh, somebody from Subterranean Cosmic Hole on the line in a future show. Uh, because I'd like to hear what they're all about, where they're playing, um, and what's going on with them. But for now, let's listen to Proud Monkey from Subterranean Cosmic Hole.
And that was Subterranean Cosmic Hole with Proud Monkey. And listening to that song, I'm pretty sure that this Proud Monkey has been there to that Subterranean Cosmic Hole, probably playing Click Click with the Rocks or something like that. And and guess what? You can go check out their, their page at SoundCloud by following the links in the show notes. And remember, if you're listening on a device and you're not actually looking at a computer or looking at the show notes, you can go to the show notes by going to graylockglass.com and looking at the menu across the top that's looking for the button that says Indecent Exposure, and that'll get you to this episode. Get you to all the episodes, actually. So that's it. That's our show uh, for today. Uh, Your weekly dose of, of Indecent Exposure on Friday, June 12th, 2015. I am your host, then and now, uh, Jason Velasquez, known in an alternate universe as The Mongrel, bidding you a wonderful weekend and a great musical journey. Bye. Bye.